Hola, mi gente. My name is Jessica Yanez, and I want you to join me for some wine and chisme. The Wine and Chisme podcast was created to amplify voices across communities of color, all while drinking a glass of wine. From wine talk, interviews, and recaps of all things pop culture, join me every Wednesday for the chisme. Please make sure to check out the Wine and Chisme podcast and other amazing podcasts as part of the Latina Podcasters Network. Hola mamacita, yo soy Valentina Izarra y bienvenida al podcast de Mamas con Ganas. Ojo, no seas mal pensada, nuestra palabra mamas sin acento está en inglés y quiere decir mamacitas. Así es, nuestro compromiso es compartir contenido de desarrollo personal y todas las semanas te traemos episodios para que tengas las ganas de motivarte, surgir y triunfar. Como decimos en Spanglish, don't be a mama con drama, let's be mamas con ganas. Es decir, no seas una mamacita con drama, seamos mamacitas con ganas. On this episode of the Mamas con Ganas podcast, I'm interviewing Rita Bautista, founder and CEO of the Latina Podcasters Network. Congratulations, Rita, for being up. Oh, congratulations, sorry. I want to say congratulations <laughs> for a million things, but what I really want to say is welcome to the Mamas con Ganas podcast. <laughs> Thank you so much. It's an honor to finally be on, I feel like such a podcast celebrity now, um, because I get to be on the Mamas con Ganas show. Yay, yay. It's been a while since I wanted to have you here. And I think the word congratulations came from the heart because you've been, you've had such an amazing year and I've seen your like, your like growth. I know we're going to tell the story a little bit about like how you and I met, but I, one of the reasons that I've wanted to bring you on the podcast, because I love to bring motivational stories to the Mamas Con Ganas podcast is really like stories of of dreams that you might have coming to reality. And I think yours is the big one. So before we dive in to the Latina Podcasters Network and how you created it and all that, tell my audience and my mamacitas where you're from and where you grew up and a little bit about your background. Yeah, no problem. So mis padres son de Honduras. I always like to start with that because there's not a lot of us out here, but <laughs> um, I am very proud of where I'm from. I'm, I love Baleadas. Um, so... For all those Hondureños that are listening, big shout out to the Catrachos. Um, but I was personally born in New Orleans, raised in Baltimore, um, and I currently reside in Houston. So I'm a little mix of everything um, with Sasson, just like everybody who lives here now. Oh, with Sasson. I love that. Yes, I think all of yeah. you have a little bit of Sasson. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so tell, tell us how you got into podcasting like where did your love of podcasting come from how did it flourish you know it's really funny because I literally my first podcast I ever listened to was back in 2017 and Facebook reminded me of it a couple of weeks back I listened to the podcast Serial which is you know true crime and it was about this guy who actually the the crime had happened um about five miles away from where I was raised in Maryland And I was like, wow, this is pretty crazy. But it, it was so impactful. And I remember just one of the things about podcasting that I love so much is that we have the ability to create the image and the idea in our mind because we're just listening to the audio. So even if you never see what the podcast host looks like or if you never watched television before, you have the ability to be the director of your own play when you're listening to a podcast. And so for me, that was like amazing because you're not getting influenced by anybody else. It's legitimately just your own thoughts and your creativity in your mind, put piecing together, whatever it is, like whether it's something really crazy or gr grotesque, like true crime or, um, you know, gaining motivation from somebody or, um, you know, listening to comedy or entertainment or, or however you get your news Um, you are the person who's also in the driver's seat with that host. And I love that type of media because um, even though there's still inflection of the voice and everything, you still have the opportunity to kind of feel like 
the person that you're listening to is like your close friend. So it's like an intimate setting type of media for me. And I, I just, I loved it instantly. Um, so and very, yeah, very intimate. Like you said, you, sometimes you even feel like, I don't know if it happens to you, but it definitely does to me. It's like, I, I listen to certain podcasts and I feel like the people and the women particularly that I listen to are like my friends. I almost feel like I know them. And that is so, so such an intimate like relationship, even though you don't know these women or. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there's, there's actually a, a, like a JPEG, one of my friends or GIF, GIF. One of my friends sent me when I had started on this journey and he was like, Oh my God, I'm listening to your podcast. And I feel like this. And it was like a poster of four girls sitting by like and eating popcorn. And then the guys like this, next to the poster, like listening to it. And I'm like, yeah, that's, I mean, that's exactly how it feels, right? You're just like inside of achievement. And that's one of the things that I think we love. Yeah. So. Absolutely. Now, so you started, so then after that, you listened to your first podcast in 2017 and then you started your own, right? In 2019. Mm -hmm. Correct. And how was that process? Oh boy. That was really, it was a very interesting process um, because I was working in an industry that I did not like. Um, and it was right before the pandemic in 2019. And I had some girlfriends who could see that there was like this creative piece of me that was missing. Like, you know, I, I felt as though I couldn't authentically be myself a hundred percent in what I was doing. And I feel like anybody who's a creative, you get this special calling inside of your heart that's telling you that that's not enough, that you're not fulfilled and there's something a lot bigger. And one of the biggest things that I tell everybody is like sharpen your intuition because it will never lead you astray. Um, and for me, it was legitimately like I couldn't figure out why, but I remember anchor and this is no, not a shout out to anchor or anything at all, but um, you know, it was so easy. And I remember if it wouldn't have been that easy, I probably would not be here with you right now talking about this story. But um, I had told my girlfriends and I was like thinking about a podcast for a while. And then finally, and and all the podcasts at the time that I was listening to were like heartbreak podcasts. Oh my (laughs) God. Just to tell you the position where I was at at the time, you know, healing through, um, sorry, healing through like past heartaches, really just trying to let it go to bed. And one of the beautiful things about podcasting is that it's almost like a form of therapy as well, right? If you listen to some of these personal journals, they lead you through this journey and you can actually like listen to a person's journey and on their way up. And so there was this woman who I was listening to at the time and she just inspired me. And so after I was done um, with listening to her podcast and I was already like centered, my girlfriend's. One of them had been going through a heartbreak as well. And I told the other one, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to, I, I want to do this. And she's like, give me your phone. Because at the time Anchor had like a record, like a, an app that you could download onto your phone. I think they still do, but you download it. You can record from your phone, which by the way, all your phone's mic is actually kind of, it's pretty high quality. Um, decent. I'm not saying high quality, like, you know, you should completely um, ignore utilizing better equipment, but it does have some good quality audio that you can record on there. And so, so she made me record this episode and it's still up right now. Um, we're in the process of rebranding the podcast itself and keeping the RSS feed, but, um, the podcast itself was called empowerment and all that. And the first episode was called self-love and all that. Um, I thought I was going to empower the world. And, um, and it's myself and two other girlfriends of mine that are urologists, one that's actually getting married in Ireland next month that I'll be going to. So I'm super excited about that to support her. But, um, but it was a terrible episode. I mean, it's still there (laughs) raw, uncut, unedited. Um, and I left it like that for a reason. And I think I'm going to repurpose it and keep the raw footage, but still, um, utilize that to show the growth of the network and where we started, where I started personally and where we've been able to grow to and the impact we've been able to do. And there's nothing more beautiful than being able to see and hear your own growth um, in these spaces. And so, so yeah, that, that was my first episode. I mean, you could still hear it. The, the episodes are still live right now. They're evergreen on the RSS feed the new name of the podcast is called the Empresa Startup Show so that we can talk about the journey of a startup network um, and media and bring in other media executives and also people who are in the tech space that are making waves and impacts 
so that we can continue to build out the network for the network, but also bring more awareness to people out there who are trying to start their own businesses and bring a little bit of motivational stories from our community. Very cool. And and so tell me then, you started your podcast and then what happened that had you pivot from there to saying to yourself, let's start a network of Latinas. How did, how did that idea come about? And what was the um, initial, I guess, push to start that and to, and to realize that your focus needed to go in that direction? Yeah, I think it was the lack of representation. I mean, you can still go now onto the platforms of Apple and Spotify. And even though they've done a great job at diversifying their efforts, their top 100 charts are still lacking in diversity. Um, you know, you can go in right now and look at the top 100 podcasts and notice that there's still a lack of women of color. There's still a lack of women. Um, there's like two podcasts that I saw the other day that were top 100. Um, you know, and that could be one, you know, that the listeners, I, I refuse to believe that the listeners aren't there. I think that it's, um, a lot of different things. Um, but I don't want to go into the technical stuff, but long story short, there was a lack of diversity and I didn't see myself reflected back in the media that I was consuming. For me, I wanted to make sure that, you know, if I was going to be the change that I wanted to see, that I was legitimately going to have to build it. And, you know, I had started off with like, there were a lot of other Facebook groups that were catering to women podcasters, to women of color, but there was nothing specific for Latinos and Latinas across the board. And so I was like, you know what, let me start a Facebook group, Latina podcasters. And let's see if there's anybody out there because there was also no studies being done because supposedly we weren't podcasting. However, what they don't tell you is that Latinos have been podcasting since the beginning of time. Mexico has one of the largest demographics when it comes down to podcast listeners. Argentina, Brazil. I mean, we've been podcasting. The difference is, is that those RSS feeds don't show up on our U.S.-based platforms because they are uh, being, I guess you would kind of say transmitted, um, but they're being uploaded in other countries. So they wouldn't necessarily just show up. And I think that that's a very damaging way of looking at things that we don't have access to those types of shows and that there is some sort of a block so that we don't have the ability to see that. Um, you know, I've connected with a lot of podcasters in Africa as well. And they're like, you know, we don't have this issue, obviously, right? Because all of our media that we consume is black and is very culturally, it makes sense to us, you know, because it's just what it is. And, you know, when we talk about the issues that we have you here stateside, it is very challenging when you start to see that on the larger scale, because you're like, I know these podcasts exist. They're just not being promoted to me. And that is the issue that I, I personally had. And I took on as like, I'm going to prove this. I'm a challenge. I love challenges. So I'm like, I'm going to prove that these podcasters exist. And not only do I, am I going to prove that they exist, I'm going to make sure that they are at this, they're going to have a seat at the table and they're going to get paid. And can, for those people, Rita, that don't know exactly what a podcast network is, can you sort of break it down like and tell yeah. them 101, what does it mean, like a podcast network? When you were saying that there were podcast networks that were catered to, let's say, the African-American community in the state, mm -hmm. and then you weren't seeing one for Latina, what, what, what is exactly a podcaster network for somebody that does not know? Yeah. So podcast network works two ways. They can create original shows um, or they can syndicate, which we're doing. We syndicate, basically allow the creator to keep creative control over their podcast, giving them a little bit of guidance. Um, we also offer marketing opportunities and also paid advertisement for them to continue their craft. Um, you know, just like any network, there is a split when it comes down to the advertisement that's sold on the podcast. Um, but as a group, when you go at something by yourself, it becomes a little bit more challenging. But if you have a group of people doing something at the same time, um, and you're selling the shows together, it's a lot easier for you to get advertisement on your show versus just selling it individually. Um, so think of us like Netflix, because Netflix essentially did that, right? You sell a membership fee for the shows, um, and they also create their originals. But Netflix had not created originals until legitimately maybe five, six years ago. They had not 
been putting out their own original content. And still to this day, some of the shows that they actually call Netflix originals are not theirs. They're actually shows that they purchased from, um, from other companies. And so, uh, but they're able to sell it as their own because they own the rights to the show. Um, we do things a little different. We don't sell memberships just yet to the podcast network. Um, um, but there will be opportunities for subscription based concepts in the future as, um, as we're bringing on other talent, uh, for the network. But that basically is your kind of like your, the, the basis of what it is or like the meat and potatoes. There's a lot more other things that go into the back end on, you know, brand safety, making sure that uh, podcasters on our particular network get the opportunity to say yes or no as to whether or not they're, um, they align with specific companies. I mean, you're definitely one of those who um, is very, very specific about the things that they want to promote to their audience. And I am a hundred percent behind that. Like we have the opportunity to say no for you. So you don't have to be the person that says no to a brand or an agency it's protection. It gives us the opportunity to negotiate on your part um, versus you having to do that on your own. And that way you can focus on the, the thing that is most important to you, which is being creative. Um, because, you know, the happier you are, um, the better the content and the quality of the podcast is going to be put out. So one of the things that I've always thought was true is that happy talent is a paid talent. And if the talent isn't getting paid, they're not happy. So <laughs> So making sure that we can can do that and, and working on trying to build out these relationships so that we can get people paid faster. It's a little challenge sometimes in these spaces because advertisement and those those who've worked in social media influencing and or um, anything else that you work with brands or agencies on, you know that um, sometimes it can be a challenge or a hassle to get them to pay, even though it takes, even though they will pay, it's just um, because they're such massive companies they sometimes don't care. <laughs> Not that they don't care. It just is like one of those things where you're like, okay, you can bankrupt a small business if you're not, um, if you're not pushy and, and trying to make sure that they stay on top of paying you. Um, well, and so like a huge learning process for you, like in the sense that I'm like, I'm sure there's been like a lot of growth in terms of your becoming assertive. I mean, you're talking to like, you're negotiating and you're um, in contact with these huge brands. Did that feel intimidating to you at first? Or what is it about your personality that said, I can do this. I can tackle this. I can negotiate with these big companies. I love that. That's one of the things yeah. that I admire about you. Thank you. I think one of the best things is like, I've always put myself in positions that are really challenging that make me grow as a person. I've worked in entertainment. I've worked as a lobbyist. I have worked in medical sales and I also have a very strong opinionated mother. Um, <laughs> <laughs> don't we all, don't all Latinas yeah, have opinionated mothers. Exactly. <laughs> and she does not take no for an answer. And for her, it's like, I always think about if I can say no to my mom, I can say no to a brand or a company. Right. And that's, and that's saying a lot because you can't say no to una mamá Latina that, you know, that's, that's like asking for World War Three, and I'm very good at it. You know, like I've learned over the years to to create strong boundaries and how how to utilize them, how to utilize contracts, how to make sure that contracts are set in place in order for you to be protected and for the talent to be protected and for any of the companies that you're working with to also be protected as well. Um, and it's all legitimately just making sure that we are working on brain safety right? Brand safety is such a huge thing, especially when Latinos were not, Latinx community, I would say the U.S.-based Latinos, were not necessarily being represented in this industry. Brand safety is number one for me to make sure that your voice is being protected, um, that the content that you're putting out is your, you, is you. It's not something that's being curated by someone else um, and that you have full creative control over that. I was going to say, it's interesting because you have so many different types of podcasts on your platform now, and now you're even representing Latinos uh, and the Latinx. So it's kind of like you have all these, it's, it's okay. Let's say it's a, it's a culture, but it's different cultures within the culture. So, and everybody has their own voice. And I think that's why sometimes the U S gets so confused. Um, mm -hmm. And I think the people in charge of like these media companies get so confused as to who we are 
because sometimes we aren't a united voice, you know, mm-hmm. that's good or bad. I don't know. It's just that we are so diverse as a culture that we change and uh, we change with our views in terms of everything. And so that could be a little bit tricky as well. But I commend you for being able to work with so many of us and giving us each that space and that um, the comfort of being able to say no. I want to prove that we're not monolithic, you know, and I want to make sure that the network that I'm building out gives us all the opportunity to find ourselves in somebody and something that, that they're listening to. Right. So they, when they think about LPN or a Latina podcasters network or Latino pods, they know that they'll be able to find something that reflects back what they, what they believe in, what they think about, you know, Um, we have so many different types of women from different types of walks of life and different backgrounds that talk about so many different things. And then Latino pods, we have guys who are talking about male improvement to gaming comedy. You know, we have women who are, we have three true crime podcasts all hosted and created by women that are bilingual shows, you know, and it's like, And people are like, are you going to stop bringing on more true crime? And I'm like, absolutely not. You know why? Because not everybody listens to the same thing. We could, we can create 8 million shows of the same exact topic. And it could be a different Latino host or Latinx host or Latina host or whoever wants to host it. And we would still have different listeners and audiences. And the only way we continue to prove that we are different is by allowing people to truly show up how they are. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's interesting because sometimes when we are creating something new, there's so much fear that comes behind it. Like, I remember when I was first thinking, oh, should I do this in Spanglish? Should I do it in English? Should I do it in Spanish? And that was like a whole thing. It was kind of the, it was the fear that I was doing something that I just wasn't seeing. It's exactly what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. Creating something that, where you're feeling like everything else that I'm looking at, it's great. I consume these awesome podcasts, but none of them are really like speaking to my experience or, or the type of bicultural experience that I've had, that I come from the bilingual world, like my regular day to day. Hola. Hi. ¿Cómo estás? How are mm-hmm. you? Exactly. So, yeah. There's a lot of fear that comes with that. Now we now see you in a space, you know, and I look at you and like, wow, like you're a, you're a very successful entrepreneur and you've become that in quite a short time, but we all are like people who, who build success know that nothing just comes and is handed mm-hmm. to them on a silver platter. Can you speak to the part of you that was, you know, that had to overcome the fears and the obstacles and things that you maybe had to, you know, break through in order to yeah. get to the place where you are now, like yeah. those dark moments. Let's talk a little bit about the other side. Look, I don't think uh, there's, there's so many opportunities to talk about this stuff here. I went through actually a very depressive moment when I'd gotten fired from my job. Um, and it didn't hit me till about two months later. And, um, it was, you know, I was negotiating, trying to get my unemployment and I'm still thinking like, what am I going to do? And I had Latina podcasters right in front of me, like, what are you doing? Why are you not building this out? Like, it was almost like if you believe in God or the universe or energy or whatever, like it was, it legitimately sat me down and said, you're either going to do this or we're going to force you to do it. And it was, <laughs> and I was like, I don't understand what's going on right now. <laughs> like I could not fathom because, you know, my entire life since I was 13 years old, I've been working for somebody else, you know, selling their ideas, selling their dreams. And I'm like, I already have the tools in place. I already have a list of podcasters. What am I doing? Like we have the ability to really, and what's really interesting is the first couple of campaigns that we got, they contacted me directly. It wasn't me going and shopping them out. It was them coming in. And that is a huge sign of of something about to blow up because if you don't have to do anything at all and it's coming to you for work or for anything like an energy exchange, it is a huge sign that there is something a lot bigger out there that you're not exploring. Um, yes. It's the beginner's luck. I don't know if you've read the book, the alchemist is my favorite. Book. Yeah. I love that book. It's I read it once every two, three years just to see what different messages I pull from it. Yes. And that's what they, I I remember a specific moment in the book where they talk about how when you have a dream, 
there's like, there's this beginner's luck. And I think it's what you're pointing out to where you're getting signs from the universe that, hey, maybe you should go in this direction. And now a word from our sponsor. Ser diagnosticado con diabetes lo cambia todo. No solo cómo te alimentas, también cómo vives tu vida. Y siento que Walgreens realmente lo entiende. Desde mi farmacéutica Sofía tan amable y lista para ayudar, hasta los recursos expertos y ayuda con mis medicamentos. Esto no sería fácil sin su apoyo. Ahora mi diabetes no me controla. La controlo yo. Si necesitas hablar sobre la diabetes, Walgreens está aquí. Maneja tu diabetes hoy en walgreens.com diagonal diabetes. And when was this, by the way, Rita? Was this like pre-pandemic? When did this all happen? No, like all of it was kind of happening. So I was in medical sales um, and I was doing podcasting. It's just like a hobby. It was just fun. And the funny thing about life is, is like, you have to do what makes you happy. And if something is not making you happy, legitimately, you should stop like and reassess what you're doing. Absolutely. Um, like life is not meant to be miserable at all in the least bit. And whoever lies to you and tells you that life is about like, if you feel good in a sacrifice that you're doing, it's a good sign. And I'm not saying a sacrifice that drags you to the point of no return. I'm talking about something that's actually there for you to grow. Um, and you know that because of the feeling that it gives you. Right. Um, and it was like really interesting. because I mean, a lot of people don't know this, but, um, you know, I was at the point where I was going to stop. I, I had stopped responding back to emails. I had stopped doing everything for three months. And I was extremely embarrassed about it because I was like basically on my couch for two to three months. And the only thing that got me up was my dog was because I had to take him out every day, like every day. But I legitimately for like two months, I got on antidepressants and I was like, and I'm willing to talk about this and own this story because I think so many people um, struggle silently with mental health and are afraid to, especially in our community, are afraid to come forward and talk about it. Um, I think it's actually my willpower. It's, it's my powerhouse. I don't think it's something that's, that's, you know, negative or whatever. I've already been through it. I have worked on it, you know, and if you're listening to this and there's something that you're struggling with, like therapy is not a bad word. Um, you know, being introspective is not bad. And if you have to take a pause, just don't stop. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, that was my thing. It was like, I had stopped. But the crazy thing was, I had a girlfriend of mine that I was in an incubator with, and she would call me like almost every single day just to check up on me. And she's like, well, what did you do today? And I'm like, I nothing like and she's like, but I would occasionally like check the Facebook group, which is really funny, right? Because I was thinking in my mind, I wasn't doing anything. But occasionally, I was still kind of like doing stuff with Latina podcasters. And then finally, I was like, out of the funk, like, I need to make this happen. I need to build this out because one, we need to be heard. Our stories need to be heard. But two, because it was a promise I made to myself, you know, and, and the most important thing is to be at whole, be whole for yourself first before you can give back to others. And I needed that moment to rest. I needed to tie to kind of regroup and figure out how I was going to build this out. And I was so stressed out about what everybody else was doing versus figuring out what model was going to work to make me happy. And once I was able to do that, like the door kicked open and we flew. And I, I don't take back any of those hardships or those moments of me being sad or actually feeling my emotions or having to do what I needed to do to get back to my center um, because it got us to where we are right now. And, and it's going to continue being something that was a strong point for me to see, like, it was just a moment in time. You know, when you look at your life backwards, it's just a blimp. Those sad moments or those bad moments are just a blimp. And like everything else from there is always, it always goes back up again, you know? So got you through that moment? Like did, were the, was it a change of thought patterns? Was it the antidepressant? Like, what do you think finally, or was it maybe like a, you know how sometimes we need to mourn certain things in our life? Mm -hmm. Do you think it was um, the whole process of like having, having mourned the fact that you weren't in that job before? Like, what is it that you think got you through to start, getting you to start taking action? Like, or was it a combination of, of several things? Yeah, I think it was a mix of everything. Um, you know, I, 
have been working on my mental health for a very long time. Like I had a lot of anxiety growing up. I'm actually at some of this, the most peaceful parts of my life now, which I'm really proud of, but I had a therapist that I'd been working with. And before that moment I had stopped seeing her because I thought my life was just like perfectly fine. Right. I was finally making six figures. I was, you know, killing it. I was like number one or two in the sales company. Um, I had built out the largest sales force for um, Houston in that industry. I, I mean, I wasn't happy, but I wasn't sad and the money that was coming in was good, you know? So I was just like, yeah, okay, whatever. Like, this is what life is supposed to be fine. But I, but I think it was, I think one of those things that you said the morning, um, you know, there's so many things that I feel like women don't get a chance to mourn. You know, we have so many emotions daily and like, yes, we should not be controlled by our emotions, but we also, as women, our emotions are our superpower. And if we don't allow ourselves to actually feel them and give them the space that they deserve, I'm not saying be crawled up in a ball all day long, feeling all of your emotions because we'll go crazy. But, um, but, you know, give yourself the respect to feel your emotions. And sometimes we are so bombarded with so many things, thinking that social media, the influence or whatever, like you have to look a certain way, you have to be a certain way. You can't show up as yourself because it's not enough. You know, it's, it's exhausting, you know, it's exhausting. And so at some point you have to let yourself feel what you want, what you need, what's going to make you happy and, um, and let go of this image of this idea of who you thought you were supposed to be and just let the universe, God energy flow, whatever you want to call it, let it kind of just take you along this path and see where it leads you. Right. Because Again, if you're not at center and you're not whole and you're not happy, nobody else around you is going to be happy. <laughs> you know, it's, it's scary. It's scary. It's scary. It's a scary feat to, to put 100% into yourself and just know. But I have, again, you know, I work with my therapist for a very long time and I have a very strong sense of self, even in the tough moments. Like I know, like, I'm like, I'm going to get through this. I always do. And even if that's what I have to hold on to for that moment, that's what I do, you know, because I know it's just a knowing. It's a knowing that whatever I put myself into, it always ends up being successful. Even if I don't see it that way, um, from the outside looking in, it's always the what I hear from others, which is what's really interesting, right? That um, exterior validation, which is not always the smartest way to go. Um, but it was interesting because once you start to hear what others now, now after I did all the hard work and everything, I'm like, now I hear all this. Oh, it's great to see all the growth. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Challenge. Um, but a good one, but one that makes me feel like every day that I wake up at some point, I'm going to be talking about my company and what we're building out. You know, even if it's like, even when I take a day off, it's not because I'm trying to work. It's because I passionately love what I'm doing. And I'm very proud of what I've been able to build out and what I continue building. And even though it's in a startup phase, I still have the opportunity to grow this out. And I'm connecting with some beautiful people who really legitimately have been able to create an impact in their world, even if it's on the micro level. Um, yeah, it's, it's exciting, you know? And I think I've been telling a lot of people this lately, um, I've become a lot more spiritual. I never really was a big believer in God, um, but I do believe a hundred percent wholeheartedly now um, because there were moments that people that I had $0 in my bank account and I had no idea how I was going to pay my rent or my electricity or like the basic human needs. And like, fine. I also learned to let go of my ego and ask for help from my family members, which they came through and were absolutely phenomenal um, in those spaces. But, you know, I had to legitimately let go of my ego. And I think that building a business will put you right in front of your ego and be like, OK, you think that this is what you OK, let's let's sit down and get to know how life is really built. Um, you know, I made really crazy decisions that now I'm extremely proud of. But at the moment, I was like, Oh my God, what am I doing? Like I had a beautiful X3 BMW that I sold um, because the equity was so high on used cars and I sold the vehicle and I was like, I 
took the equity and just was like, I'm just going to Uber for the rest of the year and walk and, and bike. And I still have been doing it. The funny thing is now I can buy a car and like <laughs> buy it outright however I want. And I don't want it. And I don't want it. Like I prefer to rent a car like every week or two, if I have like really strong meetings that I need to get to quicker than the Uber. But now I am in such a place of peace because I take Ubers everywhere. I don't stress. Um, I have the opportunity to look at my emails if I need to, you know, while I'm there. I have some amazing conversations with these Uber drivers and just like get a different perspective on life sometimes when all I had to do was get rid of this vehicle that was like legitimately keeping me more isolated, you know? So it was just like, you know, the things that I thought were like, oh my God, but I took that money that I got and I reinvested it back into the company and I paid another month's rent. And like it, you know, these are the the crazy stories that people don't tell you, right? Like I went legitimately three months with zero income, like zero dollars coming into my bank account. I think the my business bank account got to negative five thousand dollars, which I don't even know how that even happened. You know, and then it was almost like whether you know God was testing me to say, like, if you can get past this. Like what's waiting for you on the other side is something that you just would not have even imagined because this, and here's the other funny thing, right? Like about two to three years ago, I would wake up every morning and I would write in this book, in this journal, what my life was going to look like, you know, exactly what it was going to look like, how how much money I was going to be making, what the percentages that were going to be coming and everything. And with our first big check that we got in, it was the exact amount that I said that we were going to be getting, that I was going to be profiting monthly. And I was like, what? And I sh- like I pulled and I have legitimately, I can see them from here. I have four journals that I can pull out and I was writing every single day. Exactly. I don't, I don't advise people to do that too much because you, you don't leave a lot of room for error. And whenever these things are not happening, you start to create resistance in yourself because you believe that you're a failure because these things aren't manifesting just yet. So I think it's like writing it down every two weeks or something like that, just to keep me in the loop of what I'm supposed to be working on. But it's not even that it just happens, you know? And it was like, I didn't give up. I continued pushing forward, but because I knew there was something big on the other side. And this is legitimately just the beginning, like the things that have come forth and the trust because of, the relationships that I built with the podcasters, the micro podcasters, because, you know, we don't have podcasters that have millions of downloads or millions of people following. But what was beautiful is I built the relationships with really influential micro podcasters. And those podcasters are the ones who kicked open the door for us to basically build this platform out for next year to be a multi-million impression slash follower um, network. And so it was like just being myself and continuing to create what I felt was right and was necessary for the industry um, is legitimately what built the trust and authenticity for people to be like, I trust her. And wow. yeah, it's like I was willing to put myself on the line. It's, it's great. Yeah. It's, it's those moments where you, for some reason or other, decide to believe in yourself, even when maybe things are pointing in a different direction and you just like the whole car, the selling of the car. And, and also we were talking about the letting go of the ego. I feel like once you like release that God shows you like, well, now that you've let that go, let me show you how I can flow miracles through your life, which is mm-hmm. insane. I mean, like I get goose, I got goosebumps when you were telling the story. It's, mm-hmm. it's crazy. And it's a, it's a true Testament that yeah. When you follow your, in, following your intuition and and allowing, I think too, there's something about allowing yourself to even write it down, Rita. I think some people don't even, they have these dreams, they have these goals and they don't even allow themselves to like write it on paper. There's something so powerful when you choose to like, or when you are called and you happen to be open to listening to that voice that tells you, write this down. This is what you want. Like, write it down. This is your goal. I think some people don't even allow themselves to dream. And I, and I, I find it so sad because I think all of us have a potential to be something or are called to be so much more than we see mm-hmm. you know, in our in our daily life. I love it. And by the mm-hmm. way, I have to say, Mamacita, shout out to Rita. 
more than any other person like on, on this with, with, with regards to when it comes to my podcast, I am so grateful for you. You don't under, like, I feel like crying when I say this because you were like a miracle to me. And I think that you have been a miracle to a lot of people's prayers, not just mine. And so it's interesting because what you do is like bless all of us that are in your network. And of course, you're going to receive the blessings because you do so much for us. Like, it's so funny because just as you were like writing down things, I like I, you know, I have so I have two different entertainment worlds. I have my podcasting world and then I have my acting world. And in my acting world with my agents, I've always like it's been a goal of mine to really have like a relationship with my agent of somebody that feels like they're a friend that does something for me where I always want them to make money because if they make money, obviously I'm making money as well. So it's yeah. kind of like two way street. And when you came into my life, it was like, Oh my gosh, you know, she's like my agent in the podcasting world. And she has been literally what I have been writing down to have as somebody that represents me, somebody who is looking out for me and negotiating for me because that aspect of it, like, I won't deny it. I'll be open to it. That, that part freaks me out. Having to negotiate like my rates and this and that is a part that I love to be able to hand off so that I can concentrate, like you said, on my creativity and on the content that I'm putting out on my, on my podcast. And you're the reason I haven't said, I, this is what I'm getting to. You're the reason that my podcast has monetized and that I was able to work with these amazing brands that I'm working with. I mean, it's been awesome. Literally. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. you it's so funny. I um, I appreciate that. That is a very, very sweet and genuine thing to say. I, you know, those are the things that legitimately keep people going. It's not like oh, the money or or the brands or anything like that. It's legitimately like when somebody can say something like that, or you know, I've had two podcasters tell me that they've never been able to, or they had thought about purchasing a home in the past and. Um, until this year, they weren't able to. And now that they have this extra income for their podcast that they were able to purchase the home. And this is, you know, they're, they're not like these huge celebrities, right? But they are our voices. They are delivering us entertainment and, and concepts and thoughts and ideas and creativity. And like, that was the only thing that I remember when I was podcasting on my own was like, you know, what would keep me podcasting? What would keep me doing this until it blows up? And it was legitimately monetizing the podcast, not just monetizing the podcast, being able to have my own say so on how we create the, the idea or, and, or also have some creative opportunities behind the advertisements. And, you know, I was also lucky I wouldn't say, I would say blessed. I mean, and the word blessed has been thrown around all week. So the fact that you even said that is just like a kind of uh, a reminder that, you know, we're on the right path and that things are actually exactly where they're supposed to be or, and I'm doing the right thing. Um, but it, you know, it, I, I signed the exclusivity deal with um, pod digital media, which is a agency that works on multicultural uh getting multicultural podcast advertisements. And so working with them to curate these opportunities for the podcasters has been a great um, experience this year. And, you know, I was so nervous when I signed that deal because I was like, is this going to work? You know, is it going to benefit the podcasters? Are they going to trust me moving forward? Are they going to like, are we going to get into a bottleneck? Is there going to, you know, like, and as we were growing, like, I mean, we, you know, this, I mean, in April, it was like, boom, here you go. Let's go. We, this is the idea. And it's really exciting. Like I, I had mentioned this before the, you know, us recording, but you know, your podcast was basically the podcast that we sampled the idea on um, last year. You know, when um, I think we had gotten like a random, I think it was like Infinity or something like that. This was before Alta Beauty, which was the first campaign, yeah, that renewed multiple months, you know. And then after that, it was like, then we had Cox and um, Infinity and and uh, Coca-Cola, McDonald's, like all of these. Yeah. And it's really cool that to like advertise them. I'm saying it because these are blue chip agencies 
in brands that people, their household names, and they're being marketed on podcasts that don't have millions of downloads that, that are impacting the community. And so for me, it was a no brainer because at that point I was like, you know what, we're going this way. He understands exactly what I want when it comes down to authenticity. And he understands and respects the fact that I give my podcasters the ability to say, no, we're not going to create an automatic insert into your podcast unless it's something that you agree to. Um, And the good thing is it's been able to show us too on the back end because you don't always get like, sometimes you feel like you're blessing everyone, but not everybody feels like it is a blessing. And it almost feels like as if it's a chore or a job for that, for them to get opportunities. And I'm like, okay, well, you know, um, it's fine. You know, where there's one, there's many and there should be no hard feelings moving forward. So there's just been so many learning lessons or lessons learned for this year. And, and so many things that, you know, I should probably write a book at some point. I mean, I have something coming out soon, but it's a collaborative, which I'm really excited about. It's called brave women stand again, not another plug, but it's legitimately how I live my life now where I'm like, if I think a thought, I'll say it. Uh, but really excited about that collaborative. One of the things that I forgot to mention when you're growing a business, like every day is a new day to create, to be creative. And yes, you're creating processes and you're hiring people to create processes so that some creative outlets continue to be the same thing. Cause they're going to be things that are, that become monotonous. Right. But I advise anyone who is starting out their own business to get a business coach and a person that can help you when you're having those mental blocks of believing that you can't do something. Because the reality of the fact is the only person standing in the way of you doing something is yourself. It is not like no one's created these millions of barriers to keep people out. It's legitimately you who doesn't want to do the work. Like, <laughs> So once you have, yeah, once you have the ability to have somebody who you trust and respect to tell you, hey, by the way, you're in your own way, like, and you start moving those blocks out of the way, I mean, things just start flowing in the right direction. And I, I do... um I do believe that some of the success that we've had, I know like 95% of it is myself, but I do have to say my business coach has been amazing at helping me get past my roadblocks because I mean, we went from zero to 1 million in literally $1 million by January in less than nine months, you know, and, and I'm talking about like negative 5,000. So I guess it'd be like 900,000, you know, um, Wow. And stuff. So it's, it's really exciting. And we're hosting our first event live that I'm so, so excited about. So happy. Tell everybody about your event. Yeah. So um, if you're in the Houston area or if you'd like to come down, we're hosting our ver- very first podcasters event. It's Latina Podcasters Posadas Live. So kind of mixing in a little cultural vibe, um, but it gives us the opportunity to have fireside chats with our top Texas Latina podcasters. So six of the podcasts and um, we're going to have a whole holiday celebration. So there's going to be networking from seven to eight, um, the fireside chat. And then uh, we have a Mercadito that's being created by uh, that's curated and hosted by Latina owned businesses in Houston. Um, so you can come do your holiday shopping and spend your money back with the community. Um, and then we'll have cocktails, light bites, and a beautiful little DJ after party so that we can podemos bailar hasta las 12 and have a great time getting prepared for the holiday season. So I'm really, really proud that we were able to put this together and get it rocking and rolling. And um, yeah, ready to see everybody on December 2nd. That's amazing. And I'm going to put the link that you give me for the, for the information with the, for the Posada and everything on mamasconganaspodcast.com forward slash 162. I'll also put all of Rita's links. Where can they get a hold of you? You can say it anyway. Oh, yeah. <laughs> on that link so that everybody, anybody who wants to get in touch with you or let's say a podcaster who's yeah. influencer and wants to become part of the Latina Podcaster Network to, to get a hold of you. Absolutely. So you can follow um, at Latina Podcasters on all platforms. Um, you can also follow Latino Pods on Instagram, Facebook, all the other platforms as well. Um, if you want to get a hold of me, you can go to either website, latinapodcasters.com. 
and hit contact. Those emails come directly to us. Um, and latinopods.com, same thing. Um, go onto the website and hit contact and then, you know, fill out the form and it'll send it to us. Follow me on Instagram. Yo soy Rita Bautista. It was really funny because it took forever for me to figure out what a, a good Instagram handle was going to be. And I was like, you know what? Let's just be ourselves. <laughs> There's nobody else to be, <laughs> you know? Uh, so yeah, like I'm living my, I'm living myself a hundred percent these days and like, in full-blown color and out loud and just excited for the future. So I'd love for you guys to follow me, um, you know, send us any questions that you might have or, you know, shoot us a DM if you'd like um, on Instagram. Those are checked every day. Yeah, that's awesome. And I know that, Rita, for you, the best is yet to come. Thank you for what you do. And thank you for sharing your beautiful story and your inspirational anecdotes with us today. I'm I'm happy that people are listening. Make sure you're tell to tell all of your friends, your cousins, your aunts, your brothers, your sisters to listen to the Mamas con Gana show. Make sure to rate and subscribe to Valentina's show and you know help her get to the number one top rated charts on Apple and Spotify. So the only way we can do that is with your help and support. So we'd love to see that. Thank you, Rita. Thank you, Mamasitas, for listening. And again, if you want to comment on this episode, go to Mamas con Gana's podcast dot com forward slash 162 see you all next week besitos epa es Valentini Sarra gracias por escuchar este episodio de nuestro podcast si te gustó nuestro contenido y si de alguna manera te ha inspirado te agradeceríamos infinitamente una demostración de tu amorcito escribiendo una evaluación en iTunes o por el medio que me escuchaste cada comentario positivo nos ayuda a alcanzar más mamacitas para que ellas también puedan vivir su vida con muchas ganas. Gracias a oyentes como tú, podemos continuar a hacer contenido para muchas latinas. Un millón de gracias por suscribirte, escuchar y compartir nuestro podcast. Si tienes preguntas, comentarios y más, puedes visitar nuestra página web mamasconganas.com o seguirnos en las redes sociales arroba mamasconganas. Hasta la próxima, es Valentina recordándoles, don't be a mama con drama, mm -mm. let's be mamas con ganas. Besitos.